0: chair gms who have yet to be wrong with any of their timberwolves takes <laughs> right it's flagrant howls with phil mackie and kyle Tykey.:
1: wow four straight wins which means
0: the victory stash remains on kyle's face i almost just rage quit my mustache on sunday after the vikings <laughs> loss Um, But now I was like, you know what? I have to keep it going. Um, Any excuse I can find to keep it, it gets worse and worse. I don't know how to maintain it. If you have tips, I don't know. Just kind of, it's like growing over my lips. But uh, yeah, wolves are four wins since I stopped shaving my face, basically. So yeah, the pressure is never lose again. I might just look like a pirate. But yeah, pressure (laughs) is all on me, not on anyone else. So if you you don't don't like like that that that,
1: that Raleigh fingers guy, who is was that the reliever back in the 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 seventies? Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you don't like the mustache, just boo me. But uh I'm gonna keep it going until they lose again. So
1: <laughs> Well, speaking of booing, let's we'll get into our favorite, <laughs> least favorite things. We'll get into our, our our new favorite weekly segment, sometimes twice a week.
0: Uh the current playoff picture we should get to as well. <laughs> <laughs> Never too early to start. The amount of people out. that like my friends now that just message me like if the playoffs started today, I was like, "God damn, Phil! Like that's that's on you." <laughs> By the way, do you see? I don't want to.
1: I don't want to jump the gun with that segment, but I think there's like a game and a half separating one through ten right now in the Western Conference, or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's two games or something separating one through ten. Yeah, ridiculous.
0: Is and well, that'll tie into what we're about to talk about. But yeah, the Wolves are still, I think, tenth in the playoff picture in the West, and it's been terrible, and everyone's mad, and we're booing, and there's all this this could be the biggest disappointment since the 2022 twins and then that's like oh they're also two games back of the one seed. And they're above 500 and they've won four straight games
1: and Gobert and Towns according to Superstats Dave, longtime stats guy for Yeah, Media Dave, he's entities. Great. The Cat Gobert pairing was plus 15 when on the court last night and uh, and when they weren't on the court it was a minus 11. So the, so that pairing, but we'll get into some of that stuff. So here's what Rudy Gobert had to say after the game. I'm just going to read you the transcript here. The question was, was the third quarter crowd the first time you've heard them really get going this season? So, if you missed it last night, the Timberwolves played sort of the heat. They played, <laughs> they played the kind of heat last the night. The lukewarms. <laughs> yes, exactly. They uh, they weren't – no Tyler Hero, no Jimmy Butler. Um, other Other rotational players were out. And you had – You had the full Kyle Lowry experience last night, too, just chucking shots from everywhere and turning the ball over and missing free throws. So it wasn't exactly a fully stocked Heat team that you were trailing by double digits to for the majority of a home game. It is Heat culture, so I feel like they can just kind of put anyone else out there and just, like, random dudes just, like, hulk up and play amazing basketball because of hashtag Heat culture, but the crowd started to let the Wolves hear it. And it's not the first time. I was at the game against the Knicks a few weeks ago, and the crowd was booing at times during that game too because they were down by 30 in the first half against the Knicks. So the, the crowd has gotten on the Timberwolves a number of times this season as they've tried to work their way through this feel-it-out period. They've looked sluggish at times. They've looked sometimes just disinterested and like they're not trying, which I have a hard time quantifying. But Gobert said... I just don't appreciate people that come in to boo your team. When you're a fan, you got to support your team in the tough or the good moments. There's no team in NBA history that only had good moments. So if you're not going to support us in the tough moments, just stay home. I think if you're going to embrace us in the tough moments, then come and then we're going to love the support. And Johnny K asked a follow-up. Don't you think that comes from the, the fans' expectations of this team? I don't care, Gobert said. I've never experienced that before. I think you can get booed if you're really, really playing bad. In Utah, I probably can remember in nine years, I don't even remember a few times getting booed. Things are not always going to go well. It's a long season. Uh, There's a lot of things that come into a season. You can't just boo every time the other team makes a run. That's not the support we
0: need. What are your thoughts on this? I think this is a massive topic (laughs) and this
1: happened a year ago too.
0: Yep. DLO
1: said these, what what did he call them? These like sleepy
0: ass fans. or these? Yeah. He kind of called the fan base out, but in more of a different, there, there are similar, there are so many similarities between this conversation as well as like, yeah, there's 17 games into the season last year, a plucky little team, which we didn't really know about was eight and nine after 17 games this year heightened expectations you know more of a spotlight they are nine and eight uh just just to say this this has no correlation or anything but the the best timberwolves team in franchise history the 2003-2004 team was also nine and eight through 17 games again i do not expect this team currently to make the western conference finals but you know i do enjoy facts uh it makes life a lot more fun and enjoyable to argue when you just have facts on your side and those are all facts I think this conversation about booing and fans and scar tissue and all that stuff has a lot of different ways to look at it, but I think Rudy is a little right, but I also think the fans are a little right. My number one thing and this, people know this about me, but like I've covered this team for six and a half years. I still, I'm still like I have media access. I get to talk to, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Timberwolves. And I think being a fan and paying for tickets, I know Judd, Uh, Zolgad was talking a lot about this last night. Like if you pay money for tickets and you pay to park and you spend your Monday night in the cold to go to a game, like you have certain rights. Um, and if, so if you stay within those rights, you know, if you don't like the product at times, you should boo. The game that you were at with the Knicks is a great example. 48 minutes of trash, 48 minutes of embarrassing basketball. They got pounded by a lesser team. And then, you know, boo last night. I didn't think it was as much about effort specifically as just guys not hitting shots in that first half. And maybe mm-hmm. it's, they weren't hitting shots because there wasn't the effort. I, I respect that this franchise for whatever reason. And these players have always thought like they just take, they, they, they play to the level of their competition, which is that's the frustrating thing because it's like, you're the Timberwolves. You're one of the worst franchises in professional sports. You should never take a team lightly, even if it's Max Struess and, you know, four guys you have never heard of. Yeah, um, but I I do kind of encounter with like sometimes I don't know. I don't like to in-game tweet, really, because I'm just kind of like, let's see the whole thing out. And then we'll have our thoughts after the game. Me either. I hate in-game <laughs> tweeting. I would never in-game tweet any over emotional reactions. So I don't know if I would have booed in the first half. Now, did that is that the reason that sparked them in the second half? Maybe. But this conversation is a little bigger. And the one thing that I come back to and you and I have really dove into this. Minnesota And I am one of them because my mom had me two and a half miles from the border. So I am claimed by the state of Minnesota. Minnesota sports fans have myself included have this weird scar tissue. And I think if the product that you're watching and the effort on a given night is terrible and below your standards, you have the right to let them know. But if Carl Anthony Towns misses a three or Ant misses a rotation on defense, I don't think you also then have to say, well, First Joe Smith, now this. First <laughs> Steph Curry, now this. Oh, we like, we love doing that, though. I don't because, again, this is, this is just my stance until someone cancels me. Like basketball and sports are not that much different than like your life. So like if you just had a lot of bad relationships in your 20s, but you finally find someone in your 30s, are you just going to have the same short leash with them? Like they a lot of people do. But that's not healthy. There's <laughs> and, therapy for that, by the right. way. Right, and that's what this is about. So, I mean, I, I'm—I don't think everything Rudy said was right, by the way. But I also have seen some people say, "Well, Rudy needs to understand the history of this franchise." Do you know Rudy Gobert's history? Like, do you know what Rudy what happened to Rudy Gobert when he was 18? I don't think it was anything. But my point is, like, we don't know all about the about Rudy Gobert. We don't know all about what some of these new faces do. So for this thing, like, they don't put these players through like. Uh, modules they don't put them through a history training so Rudy's learning that on the fly yeah also too you probably shouldn't like call out the fans and tell them not to come to the arena because <laughs> I don't think Glenn Taylor loved that take but I just I think both sides here have just like the Delo thing you said it yourself I think both sides were right Delo was like hey when we're doing well cheer and the fans were like okay but we want to cheer but you got to play well that's kind of what last night was but for a guy who's new, who had zero field goal attempts for a guy who doesn't get the ball sometimes and then does lack effort. he has shown you, I've tweeted out clips. He like doesn't rotate on defense. He makes kind of a scene on the court. That's also bad too. So I think both sides, that was a ton of words to me to say, I think both sides are right. The fans have a right to show their disapproval when it's bad, but they're also on a four game winning streak. And I want to ask you this because you've been a Timberwolves fan for a while. Like, I feel like the margin for happiness in this fan base is so so narrow that we're just always going to be unhappy. I know they've played bad teams that have been missing guys for the last couple of days, but they're 9 and 8, Phil. Like what 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 else would you be just over the moon if they were 11 and 7? I don't really understand where where the disconnect is. Well, yeah, this oh, there's so much to There's so much here. to do, and I just took all the steam. So no, dude, no, this, the this dude. is great.
1: This is a great. This is a. We're kind of going through a, a wolves therapy session. I don't know if. Yeah. Uh, last night, late at night, I was flipping around trying to find something just for like the last hour of my consciousness to watch on Netflix, and I stumbled into the Jonah Hill
0: uh, Netflix oh, documentary. That's good. So, so you've seen that. it? Yep, I have seen it.
1: It's uh, it's called Stutz, and his so. It, one of the one of the best, most world-renowned psychologists in the world, I guess. His name is Phil Stutz, and and I don't know if he's just like a celebrity whisperer or what. But Jonah Hill, who I'm sure most of you know who he is, right? Moneyball, all these other movies, uh, super were, bad, super bad. He did an hour and a half documentary. We just sat down with his psychologist because he's he's like, I want I want other people to have access to your gifts and the tools that you have given me. And it was really interesting. I feel like that's what we need to do here. I think I think that's what flagrant howls can sort of be. It's like this is like an open source therapy session. Yes, absolutely, for real. Trying to talk through some of this stuff because when what what Rudy doesn't understand, and this is where the you need to understand wolves' history crowd is sort of right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you should just lean on those feelings for the rest of your life as a basketball fan, but. Rudy Gobert is feeling the brunt of more or less three decades of trash. Yes. One of the worst organizations in American sports history, save for the Kevin Garnett eight years of going to the playoffs. But even then it's like you had one of the five or six best players in the world for almost a decade and you made one run in the playoffs. Even, even uh, your best period is, is terrible. So he, he needs to understand. It's not like a personal attack on him or the trade or anything. It's, if you if you did a pie chart of why are these fans booing right now, it's loaded with history. Yep, it's not just they're booing you because they don't want you here and they want you to go back to Utah. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like he's he's like insecurely taking it sort of personally. That's, so that's, I, that's that's my fair. my first take. On the flip side, why are you and D'Lo as well from last year? Why are you so impacted? By what fans are doing, you have the ability to influence what fans do by playing well, playing with energy, playing with an identity of some kind, figuring it out after the first couple months and mm-hmm. and, and there's a grace period. I remember one time I used to be a, I used to be a beat writer like 10 years ago. I covered the Minnesota Twins for four years as a beat writer and so I was constantly in the clubhouse, you know reporting and whatever writing features and stuff. And so I, I built relationships with players and had some good in-depth conversations with Twins players from that era. And I remember one time, do you remember a Twins player named uh, Luke Hughes? Yeah. Australian guy? Yeah. He That's how I work,
0: knew the Australian part, yeah.
1: He used to wear cutoff jorts, you know, like, you know, he's very great, back. Australian style. And, uh, and he was he was kind of a quad A. He's a really, really good guy. Really good guy and had a couple nice stretches in the major leagues. Ultimately, was more like a quad-A player, really good triple-A player, but just never f- fully translated. And so he, he had some stints where he would really struggle in the major leagues. And uh, my old co-host on the radio at the time, legendary sports columnist Patrick Royce, wrote some sort of sarcastic, he ripped Luke Hughes in a, in a Star Tribune column or something. And, um, and fans were down on the team and stuff. And I remember we sat down next to each other in the clubhouse one day, Luke and I, and he said, "Hey, uh, what's the deal with your co-host, mate?" <laughs> I'm like, "Roissy? That Ro- that Roosie guy? What's that guy's deal?" Well, he wrote that I, you know, he's he's constantly taking shots at me, whatever. He's like, and I said, "Well, you hit 220 last year. If you go out and hit 280 and a bunch of home runs." you get to influence what's written about you by performing better. And he was kind of like, yeah, and I just feel like he gets kind of personal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I know, I know, but if you go out and hit 280 in 20 home runs and play good defense at second base, what what are they going to say about you? Like right. you get to dictate the narrative. And and these and uh, there's another great story too uh Lavelli Neal, longtime Twins beat writer, Star Tribune. He was uh I wasn't in the room when this happened. So I've just heard this story like secondhand. It's one of my favorite stories. He wrote something in a notebook in the Star Tribune, like a note section about uh, Jock Jones was a left-handed hitter for the twins. And J- like Jock Jones was like two for 25 off left-handed pitching that season. And he wrote it in the notebook and Jock Jones in the clubhouse was just steaming the next day. Like, God, this is, like, where's this guy? Like, can't believe he's saying this stuff about me in the newspaper. And Tory Hunter pulls him aside. I think Jock might have even, like, confronted Lavelle in the clubhouse or something. And Tory Hunter goes, Jock, are you two for 25 off lefties? <laughs> well, yeah. He's like, well, then go get a hit off a lefty and you won't get criticized. And so my long rambling point now is players, it's not in professional sports especially, it is not the fans' responsibility to drag you to success. Fans are there to help elevate the home environment. But if you are underperforming, if you aren't giving energy, if you aren't in position, if you're making dumb passes that sail out of bounds, if you're, you know, all that stuff, if you can't figure out how to build chemistry with each other, that is not the fan's responsibility. Correct. And I don't blame them for being disappointed with a lot of the things that they have seen so far through the first 17 games. I don't know that I would have booed last night. We can debate those semantics but I generally feel like it's the player's responsibility to perform well, the team's responsibility to put a product out, and then the fans will gravitate and the fans will support. And sometimes the fans will support even when you're not playing well, but the Timberwolves have exhausted a lot of those free passes over 30-plus years. So
0: that's my take on it. Okay, and I disagree with none of it. Uh, (laughs) I, I do want to say again, and I've said this for, again, as long as I've covered the team, there are multiple like stakeholder groups in this, the players, I guess the coaches, the the organization itself, people we know, and then the fan base. Only one of those groups really matter to me. And that is the fan base because I'm one of them. And I know like we've talked about before, how much money people have invested into this, how much time, how much energy. But I do then kind of counter back. You made a really good point about like the, the Torrey Hunter, Jock Jones thing. Are you two and 25, right? You, the player. Well, then my thing is like, Aren't the wolves nine and eight, right? Like Rudy Gobert is, has only played 17 games for the Timberwolves. And again, I don't really agree with everything he said last night, but they are nine and eight. And this was two weeks ago. Go look at the tweets that some people had. I mean, you and I were ready to blow up half the roster, right? Like I'm still ready to blow up a couple parts. We'll get to those later. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm just trying to, you know, it, I, I wrote about this team man, 500 blogs and countless podcasts. Like, I was we've and listeners have been through it and put their disposable income into it. Like it used to be Luke Ridnour at shooting guard for 38 minutes. It was Darko Milicic starting at center. Like my gripe is more so not with any of the booing or whatever, but they are nine and eight. They're on a four game winning streak. And every time I try to get excited about it or have a little fun with it, people keep telling me about how the picks they don't have. And yeah. the you know what I mean? And like, all the different historical aspects that go into it. And then who the, the opponent didn't have do this is the NBA. This is just, this is the new normal. These a lot of these guys just don't play. If anything, shout out to the Timberwolves for having like Jimmy Butler, as much as some people still ride with him, dude plays 60 games a year that yep. he's never playing more than that. The Timberwolves have a lot of guys that play every night. Okay. So when you're a season ticket holder, the effort thing, it would drive me crazy. But also Anthony Edwards just shows up every night and plays the, or at least puts his Jersey on. Sometimes he just stands around or sometimes deal doesn't check in, but I just, it's weird. (laughs) And that goes back to my margins question to you. I, I, this is the first time myself included, you included. We're kind of dealing with real expectations in two decades. Even the Jimmy Butler stuff wasn't as pronounced expectations because there wasn't as much future draft capital associated with it, but they are nine and eight and they're on a four game winning streak and they Look at the schedule. They have a really tough game against Indiana, but they have the third longest active winning streak in the league. Like if I can't have fun with that and I have to have all these asterisks about who didn't play and what time of the game and how much snowfall was outside. I feel like we're just decreasing the margins on how we're supposed to have any fun with this. So I know I've kind of now pivoted away from the booing thing, but in yeah, general, you're talking about Timberwolves Joy. How do you how do you like experience how, do you, have how do you experience your Timberwolves joy? Right. And if you want them to like, well, I won't a lot of people do this. Well, I, I gotta see them make the third round. I gotta see them, I gotta see them be the 96 Bulls. I gotta see them beat the 2020 <laughs> Golden State Warriors record. Well, then it's like I don't want to lose listeners, but stop following the team. It's never gonna happen. Because we also have followed this franchise enough that unless they have like a complete like seance they're always going to have these little you know they're always going to have new jerseys the city jerseys that i actually thought kind of popped off the screen last night even though we criticized them they're always going to have these new jerseys and they're going to debut them with this cool video and this music and then also mess up the court and not be able to debut their new alternate court right that's the timberwolves man that's what they do so Mm. i think i think rudy had some points i think he's also new to this kind of like pat bev was kind of new to this um I think I honestly, I know I joked about the modules for new employees. I think it's on the team a little bit. I think there are a lot of employees there. It would, it hurt if during training camp, instead of spending a $750,000 fine to go to Miami on an illegal trip, you put together a 30 minute video in the theater and like, Hey, here's the history of the Timberwolves. Yeah. <laughs> like here, Here's the yeah, old, that's a good point. old, old, you know, mascot. And here's what they've been through. And here's why fans
1: feel the way that they feel here
0: is yes. the, Yes, that's another thing too. that the the twins kind of do this
1: because the the twins' new front office took effect in like 2017. the the playoff utility stretch of 0 for 18. They've, they're 0 and 18 in their last 18 playoff games, dating back to 2004. So there was 13 years of playoff utility, and fans fans have stopped going to the ballpark. It was the lowest attendance mm-hmm. in Target Field history. It's part of the reason why they're trying to revamp their uniforms to just like spark something and. Yep get people to buy some jerseys and generate some excitement. But, you know, fans have felt just completely, I don't know if used is the right word, but just jerked around by this organization, the Twins organization, for 20 years. They can't win a playoff game, not a series. Yep. Can't a playoff game. And it always bothered me when the new front office came in in 2017. They're like, you know, they they lost, I think they lost a wild card game to the Yankees. And there was all these questions of the players, front office, and Rocco came in, the manager, and, hey, this is now, look how many losses this is. And everyone was like, well, I mean, yeah, but this is our first. We have we have nothing to do with right. this franchise history over here. Okay, then they, then they play the Yankees again two years later, and they get swept. And then they play the Astros the next year and get swept. And it's like, okay, well, now, now you guys make up a third of the losses all the time. But the common the common uh, denominator is the fans. I think acknowledging what the fans have been through, twins, acknowledging what the fans have been through, the the Vikings tend to at least get, the Vikings don't give you, like, cesspool seasons very often. They've had, like, right, five yeah. in, their, in, in their history. So they'll just give you, like, the tease for four months and then break your heart in January once every 10 years. So, yeah, un- I think understanding why fans feel the way that they do and not being all, like, you know, bristle of when oh well, they're booing us. Why is that? Well, take five minutes to figure out why it is. But on the fan side, I'm with you. I think you have to find a happy medium between. I believe that fans and media can have influence in. I don't think fans and media should run organizations, but yeah. I think I think you, you and should I could look, run the team <laughs> poorly, perhaps. <laughs> I would follow your lead. Um, I'll tell you, there's one thing I would do for sure. We'll get to that shortly. <laughs> but I think I think it's important that fans and media, if you want your team to be better, if you want your team to reach a certain standard or win a championship or whatever the bar, or win 50 games, maybe that's our continued bar here, right? Or make a playoff run. You should voice your opinion. You should use a microphone to push. And I'm not saying it's going to have a 90% influence, but if it has a 10% influence, okay. Like it is the media's job in sports and outside of sports and fans pushing the media, you know, to represent them to to audit these teams and to audit organizations. So I, I do believe that. Um with that said, I think there's a happy medium between setting an expectation and saying until they meet this expectation, I cannot be happy. Thank you. That was there's yep. a there's there's a process and a journey here that is supposed to be fun. <laughs> this this is <laughs> you know and is and a... not
0: always not always like easy, but it's generally supposed to be fun, right? And this is I don't have, don't have kids, so I can't really comment on that. But I did, you know, get married a couple of, I don't know when it was, but I was actually talking to my wife about this. The, the wedding day in Hawaii was great, but I actually really enjoyed a lot of just the things where the two of us figured a lot of it out together on our own, how we're mm-hmm. going to pay for it. Who's going to be, you know, in charge of the wedding. Like we're going to plan ourselves. We're going to do it on a boat, like boat versus a church. Or like we just, all these little things, like, that was as memorable for me as the wedding date itself. And that translates into this a little bit. It's like, I enjoy the process of this. It sucked doing these podcasts a couple of weeks ago because we were just all pissed off and miserable. And we're talking about professional millionaires not trying. I didn't think against the heat it was as much effort as maybe just a really poor shooting Agreed. experience for, for for most part. There were some lapses that, on that effort. might you might make the case that. The this, this season has been
1: underwhelming largely because of they just haven't knocked down threes. There's been right. a bunch of other stuff too, but they're not shooting from three-point range what you, what you would expect based on career averages, and they'd probably have two extra wins if not for cold shooting in the first month.
0: I, th- I think the 21-22 season was far more enjoyable for me now when I look back at it because I didn't really, I always like, one of my favorite like sayings because I'm a hippie is like, be where your feet are. I don't feel like I was where my feet were last year and I didn't enjoy the ups and downs of that season. I just kind of like blacked out. And now they were making a playoff run and they beat the Clippers. And now they're hosting a couple playoff games. I really enjoy this process, especially, and I've said this today and I've said this six years ago. I actually think even being biased that Timberwolves fans and Vikings fans and stuff and Twins fans, but I think Timberwolves fans are like the best fans in the world because they have been given nothing and they have put up with so much but I don't think that's all Rudy Gobert's fault. I think some of that is on the organization. Um, I don't know if you noticed what the Sacramento Kings are doing. They are now the Timberwolves. They are the team that has drafted poorly, has had hundred front office members do everything wrong and haven't made the playoffs in forever. They shoot this damn laser from the top of their arena now and they win games. It's called the beam. It's this purple beam. that just shoots straight in the air to the moon and like, they have a fan like push the button after they win games, and everyone stands outside and like chants for the beam. And then they like <laughs> the, that, it's literally kind it's called, of creepy, actually. They're called like the beam team. It's like really cool and fun. And what I say that because the Kings have done a really good job of having self awareness of like, we're kind of a joke. We suck, but we're actually having a really good season this year. Yeah. And that's where there's no fault on the fans who I think are the best Timberwolves fans in the world. Not as much fault on Rudy, but like on the organizational bit sometimes like, you know, hey, embrace, just have a little more self-awareness, right? Like tell these guys, if this is the second time in two years where you've had a major player call out the fan base and some, who internally can like pull these guys aside? They have this special movie theater at their practice facility. Bring all the guys in and like let Jim Pete talk to 30 Minutes about like, I've been yeah. here longer than all of you guys. Jim Do you Pete understand? by the way, friend of the show from last yes. week, if you missed it. He
1: also, he retweeted <laughs> Gobert's quotes and
0: said, I stand with Rudy. So, yeah. And, yeah. And again, everyone's going to have a different take on this. This is a very hot button topic because it's not only the, your, your passion and the thing that gets you away from your personal life and professional sports and distractions, but people put money into this, right? Like the Rudy Gobert gets money out of this, you know, me and my friends and you and your friend, like we put money into this. So I think it was a good conversation to have, but I also don't want it to lose sight of the fact that we're going to get into it. Like they're on a four game winning streak. You know, I understand who they've played. I do four podcasts a week. I understand the ups and downs. I know the, the depth charts and the rosters and who's not playing, but they're above 500. Remember when I was like, do you think they'll ever get to 500 again? And we're like, I don't really know. And they have a really winnable schedule. So I think it was a healthy conversation to have. I don't think Rudy Gobert was the right messenger. I think more of an ant would have been good or, you know, maybe a Nas read anything Nas says just is awesome, but it's just an interesting topic. But again, I think the fans, like you said, you have the right to call out things, especially effort when it's not there. Um, So, yeah, I I think this is going to be a continued thing moving forward because this team now we have enough sample size. They're weird at home. And I don't know if it's because they are insecure or like there has to be tougher backbone to like deal with, you know, fan. Th- God, this uh, one more thing
1: on this, and then we can go, go for Favorite it. least favorite. The home thing is bizarre. Jim Pete laid it out on the show last week and kind of explained. Sometimes you do your best bonding on the road, especially when you're trying to build chemistry, mm-hmm. you just kind of get away from everything. And I, and I get that. Um, but it does kind of feel like it's a, br- it's almost like a broken relationship between the team and the fans and that the fans don't fully trust the players yeah. which is why they're quick to boo. Yeah, yep. they don't they don't trust the players to give a full coherent 48-minute commitment. Like just an organized attack where you're you're clicking and I, like fa- fans don't believe that the Wolves are are there. Mm-hmm. And and they're and they're wondering if it's an effort issue. So there's a, the fans kind of mistrust the Wolves and then in turn the Wolves mistrust the fans because, "Oh, the heat go on a run and you're going to boo us." So there's this there's weird tension between Timberwolves and fans and and I'll tell you I feel like this existed last year for chunks as well I contribute to this myself. I will look in the mirror Because when Carl Anthony Towns does something stupid like barrel into a defender with five (laughs) fouls, which he does all the time. Yeah I am quick to Jump on social media or a podcast (laughs) or whatever Even though he just went for like, you know 26 eight and nine and was efficient and largely awesome He's a foul machine and does something stupid when the pressure is high in the fourth quarter. And, like, I will pour gas on that flame because mm-hmm. it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's one of the things that holds him and the team back from being better than they are. Um, so, like, I even have a mistrust. Like, I will ignore two hours of, like, pretty good Carl Anthony Towns basketball and some good signs to jump on the thing that irritates yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I think I'm right, but I also do Do I need to pour gas on the fire in that moment? I, maybe not. I don't know. So we're all kind of self-reflecting here, maybe. <laughs> I
0: don't I don't respect anyone's opinion more than I respect Jim Pete. I just I kind of ride with that guy, even on times when I disagree. Um, but he said it himself less than a week ago when we had him on. Again, go listen to that great podcast. He said, when I said, What do you think about the first 15 games? He said, I am disappointed. I, I had higher expectations. I and I thought he was right. And since then they've showed even a little more life, they've won to again. If, if we're going, this was like my biggest take Minnesota Timberwolves fans shouldn't have to apologize for victories. We shouldn't have to dissect the anatomy of the opponent as a fan of the least winning team in professional sports history. So they are nine and eight. I thought last night's conversation sparked a really good, because you know, the DLO thing, whether you're a DLO fan or not, that topic last year kind of led to some of the, like I said, that, that laser beam, off the top of the Kings arena, people started like standing college yeah. style until they made a basket. Okay. Um, What's our thing? Well... I thought we had it. Well, okay. It's the shoes off. This is a whole other topic for another day. The beam thing to me is awesome. I wish, you know, everyone gave them so much crap for jumping on the stanchion when they won the play-in game. And like Minnesota fans like, yo, you don't understand. Like we never have success. This is awesome. This is our championship i loved it i loved pat bev crying at the court in a play-in game um but we do need something and this goes back to while i have a lot of friends there i my complaints sometimes are with the organization of like develop some fun like have fun with this we've had so many years where they went 20 and 62 and started just g leaguers in game 40 like This isn't that this is much better, even if it's not matching what you wanted or expected. It's still a lot better than it used to be. And maybe I'm just happy with a I'm a glass half full guy. But yeah, embrace some fun. Like it can't just be taking your shoes off because that's weird. Like, let's come up with something fun of like, you know, play. There's like weird Twitter accounts that like post these weird videos of like I mean there's like a Nas read video and stuff. Have like a theme song you play after you win. Do cheesy stuff like have baby fun with it. Baby
1: shark, do 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 something.
0: But again, <laughs> this and this is this has come out in the last 18 months and people are starting to see this nationally. This is a really still passionate fan base. You don't have to be embarrassed anymore to be a Timberwolves fan. And I think this state that is known for this hockey is really smart about basketball. I and agree. Like, not just oh, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Basic statistics like advanced. I have, there's a ton of people that don't even like cover the team on Twitter that like have a really good understanding of like really advanced stuff. So those guys and girls get it too, but just have fun with it. I think Rudy needs to understand a little bit more about the history of this. I think the fans need to understand a little bit more that like, let's just as, as battered and bruised as we are, Phil, let's just look at this nine and 18 because Rudy wasn't here last year. He didn't draft Wesley Johnson, right? He didn't sign Joe Smith. Those are all the people's faults that we should make fun of constantly. Glenn Taylor, David Kahn, Kurt Rambis. Let's just follow this team. And this team is going to ebb and flow like any NBA team does. But right now they're nine and eight. There's things that we like. There's things that we don't like. uh, And let's just continue to enjoy, you know, picking the flowers, ordering the cake, um, having the ups and downs of wedding planning and not just focus solely on the wedding date. Yeah. If that makes sense, that might've been terrible advice for people.
1: No, it's good. Oh, I thought Maya Mackey was going to make her first appearance. Maya, the Chihuahua <laughs> Terrier makes here on the show. Um, I, I, I agree. Let's, let's give this team. This team has won four games in a row. I think there should be a, there should be just like a pause period on the booing here.
0: And, and just, if if this team loses five in a row again, okay, fire away. And yeah, this is my favorite topic. Really. It is because again, I, I try to talk as a fan and write as a fan. So you know tweet at me if you disagree or agree, like put it in the comments. Um, this is a really important topic because we're starting to try to understand higher expectations, right? We're not looking forward towards the draft, that's fun. I don't know if tankathon still exists as a website because they don't have to look at it, I just look at the standings now. So, enjoy a team that is trying to figure it out. I don't know if they will, I don't know if they'll hit 50 games, but they're at least trying. You know, I thought we'll get into this now, but. There were the, the guys that you like the guys that you believe in the franchise players of this team were running stairs last night at 1130 Dude. at night. Like they're trying. Last so. night. And let's, let's do a quick little let's, round yep. here of yep.
1: favorite least favorite. And we'll start with favorite presented by our friends over at federated mutual insurance company, an official partner of the Minnesota Timberwolves and score North helping keep our lights on, on a daily basis as we build this business at score North, they have been a guiding hand through risk management tools and resources for countless businesses, since 1904. They're based in Owatonna. They are one of us, so to speak. And um, it's like having a great rim protector for your business (laughs) or someone that's there to help guide you through troubled waters if those indeed hit. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Okay, you hit on one of my favorite things. Let's just get right into that one. So after the game is over last night, some guys were running stairs. You had Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards taking corner threes. And I will say they respectfully made sure that the ladder was behind the stanchion.
0: Uh, it was there um, though. You saw it in the video. I saw yep. the ladder and I was like, Oh no. And then you tweeted about it, but yeah, that was a good catch. The ladder was doing its job outside of the court.
1: Yes. So sometimes I worry that Anthony Edwards is running too many stairs and is just randomly tired on back to backs or has <laughs> knee problems flaring up. But, um, just the, I think the general effort from him, Carl Anthony Towns before getting too foul happy with a great game. Um, just a lot of good Jaden McDaniels last night. So just gen- I would say general effort during and
0: after the game from some of the key franchise players. And I know people want to poke holes in this stuff. And sometimes you're right. The someone did this earlier in the season and maybe ran stairs and like the wolves blasted all over their social last night. In Carl's defense and in Ant's defense, the people that tweeted out the videos were like our friends, like real uh, Stats Dave and like Alan Horton and stuff, people that were yeah. still working. Um, this wasn't this wasn't ant, ant holding the camera live on Instagram. <laughs> Look how hard yeah. I work. everyone. Yeah, this, this is great. Ah. This wasn't hashtag unseen hours. Like this wasn't one of their media companies doing it like and I, I do really whether you still want to scoff at it or not, because it's like. There's other people that are like, oh, you know, when anyone does anything outside of their nine to five, like you should be in the gym putting up shots, right? Like if a guy goes out for dinner and posts a photo of his food, like, oh, you've lost four in a row, you should be in the gym. Last night, even though they won, they did. I mean, I thought that was really cool, especially after all the nonsense, too, about do Carl and Ant like each other. Those guys were going back and forth in a shooting competition at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night because they both shot really poorly uh, in that game. So I thought that was cool. The Ant Stairs thing, I think. I think he's just constantly, he said this last week, I'm trying to figure out my routine. I'm trying to figure out how to be a professional athlete. I'm still relatively new at this, and I like that. I do hope they're monitoring that because for a guy that had knee problems, I don't love running on hard concrete, but um, but yeah, I, I like that yeah. too. I like that they weren't, I mean, there's only so much they can do, Phil, that confirmed to you that they weren't just satisfied with the win. They're like, yeah, we yeah. won the game, but while Rudy was maybe in the locker room saying things that we didn't necessarily agree with, the guys that we also are pretty hard on Carl and Ant were out there continuously working. So I, I like that too. That was a good one. Anything else that you liked or didn't like, I know what you didn't like, but
1: I'll I'll start with what I like. Cause it's a segue into what I didn't like. What I love is Jordan McLaughlin hitting three pointers now. Yeah. He, he buried up. four threes last night, including hitting two or three of them during that stretch where they completely pulled away. They built a nine point yep. lead and they gave it back, but they, but that nine point lead, had the
0: building erupted? <laughs> My wife asked if he was throwing out gang signs. <laughs> not very familiar with Jordan McGough, but he had like held his three, I was like, "No, honey, that's not a gang sign. That's just a three point." Oh, but yeah, he. Well,
1: they're doing the new thing now where they do the chef's kiss three.
0: Oh yes, yes, that's a TP and thing it, and for it, sure. And
1: it and it turns into sometimes it's the German three. It's The chef's kiss into the
0: German three,
1: or the chef's kiss into the the last three fingers from yes. your middle finger to your. Pinky I finger. loved it.
0: Four for six. No, it, it got to the point where Phil was literally just texting me headshots of Jordan McLaughlin. Yep. No, no context. Just here's a photo of Jordan McLaughlin. That's how happy I am. Yep. Uh, speaking of Jordan McLaughlin, if you look
1: at Timberwolves four-man lineup combinations, this is your we weekly go. lineup combo update. The seven best four-man lineup combinations for the Timberwolves all include Jordan McLaughlin. The five best Wolves lineup combinations all include Jordan McLaughlin and Anthony Edwards. I think eye test and statistics, when Edwards and McLaughlin are on the court at the same time, the tempo feels perfect. Yep. The pecking order feels right. It's a yep. it's a distribution and and ball movement and tempo and defensive minded point guard that if the ball swings around, awesome, I'll pull the trigger on a three, get my offense that way. But it's understood that. I Jordan McLaughlin, the point guard, the straw that stirs the drink, if you're playing the flagrant house drinking game at home. I am here to get Anthony Edwards going bonkers offensively or Carl Anthony Towns or whoever it is, right? And on the Delo front, the guy scored one basket last night and it was a huge key basket, a mid-range two-pointer with the shot clock winding down. So, it was a big basket. But that's the bar right now. The bar is like, "Well, I guess if you can just hit a hit a big basket late in the game, then that's good enough. It just feels like the ball doesn't move around like it should when Dilo's on the court, and it also feels like defensively he's just getting lost a lot more often. He did have one really good defensive possession that I remember last night where he was a hound um, yeah. <laughs> late in the game.
0: Do you want to do a separate podcast over the weekend just on that? Because that was his best defensive highlight of his career. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was really good. And it came at a point where they needed to get a stop. It forced Max Bruce to airball three. But then I saw and I didn't necessarily disagree with this. Some people were like I'm I'm more mad that he did that because now I know he can do it. Yeah. Right. And it was like, oh, that's that's kind of a good point. But yeah, yeah, the Jordan McLaughlin thing. I don't know. This is no better way to put it. But Anthony Edwards is kind of the Michael Scott of this franchise. And there are times where D'Lo thinks he is the assistant regional manager. And Jordan McLaughlin knows he is the assistant to the regional manager. So he yeah. knows when he's out there that my job solely is to get Ant the ball or to get others involved a little more. I mean, you know, Dilo wasn't good last night, but he only took six shots. He had five assists and zero turnovers. I'm not pushing back on anything you said, but he it wasn't that he was necessarily terrible. It was that he was just kind of like non-existent, mm-hmm. right? It's not like he was one for 14. He just didn't take a lot of shots. And that goes back to like, you're making too much money to take six shots on a team, but Jordan McLaughlin continues to be the straw and it's it. He just plays winning basketball. And if he starts hitting threes, he deserves, I mean, what did he play last night? I think he played 16 minutes. He's probably got to play 20 minutes if his shots on, because he just does all the little things, things that don't get recorded in a box score. And he knows his role better than any player on this roster. Yep. It is. uh,
1: It even just feels like, you know, When I watch the starting lineup sometimes, and they are now break even on the season, I think. I think the starting five per 100 possessions, let me check here. It is now, oh, my. (laughs) Plus 1.6 points per 100. They're in the positive. We did it, baby. (laughs) So the starting five is in the positive net points per 100 possessions. But even watching a depleted Heat team, at times it felt like the Heat knew two passes ahead, exactly where to go with the ball to get the open man. And it sometimes feels like the Timberwolves, and maybe it's still a chemistry issue, Mm -hmm. wouldn't shock me, are still thinking, every time they get the ball, they're thinking about, oh, I'm going to hold the ball for a beat and look for what I'm supposed to do instead of inherently knowing where someone's going to be and trusting it. And I get it, maybe in 20 more games, it'll be just a half beat quicker on some of these half-court possessions. Um, But it feels like, it feels like it's a half beat quicker on the ball movement when Jordan McLaughlin is in the game compared to D'Lo. Yeah, and, and, because, and I just, I I want to see more.
0: And that goes back to the Iowa Wolves thing. Like, by the way, if you haven't checked on an Iowa Wolves game they I think they play on Friday. They're a lot of fun. Luca Garza is like the best center in the world down there. Um, and Wendell Moore and Josh Minot, their two draft picks have looked really good too. But yeah, they just, again, it kind of goes back to D'Lo. I thought was maybe just a net neutral last night. He just, he didn't really bring you down. He didn't turn the ball over. He just didn't do a lot to like inspire them, especially in that first half when it was boo-worthy and it was just terrible. But Jordan McLaughlin, just, as you said it better than anyone, he's just a half step quicker. He just gets the ball moving and it's not as much dribble, dribble, dribble. Let's kind of set the scene. He just knows, okay, if, if I have no shot or I don't have a driving lane, I just pass and I yep. screen away. And that's like basic pickup basketball thing. That's just like, move the ball, move the ball screen away, you know, go cut, do that. And when he's out there, I mean, there's he just he's always a plus. He's just always a plus. Last night, he was a plus six for a bench that I think Nas Reed somehow was minus 25. He was, he was minus 25. I don't know, you know how that's possible. Everyone that... else, like pretty
1: much everyone else, was a plus except for Nas Reed last Yeah. Night.
0: And I love Nas. I don't know how that was positive, but uh, literally, no pun intended. But yeah, Jordan McLaughlin just continues and Finch trusts him. The Wolves are really lucky to have him. Um, and it'll be interesting to continuously move forward and see how much of a leash D'Lo gets. I mean, he again, not really crapping on him. He's been pretty good this last week, but Jordan McLaughlin just is showing you that he has to be out there getting 16 to 20 some minutes a game. Um, And he was a big cog in that comeback last night because those four threes for a team that like was three for 30 in the first half or whatever, they, you know, it's not just energy and the, the cute stuff. Like he actually got you buckets and they needed buckets in the third quarter yes. last night. I think they won their first quarter, maybe of the season. So first time they've been trailing at half that they came back and won. So that was a large, large in part due to Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, one more nugget from the lineup
1: combinations: Jordan McLaughlin and Anthony Edwards are the best pairing in terms of, of pairings that have been out there for at least a hundred minutes this season. They are a plus twenty-five points
0: per one hundred possessions when they are on the court together. That's insane. That's incredible. And. I'm just going to say something that I liked was obviously Anthony Edwards effort in the second half. He had that kind of viral moment where he blocked a shot at the oh rim, something he doesn't necessarily do too often. Uh, he does give you effort in Philly. He tried to contest a shot late in the game, but big block came back down. I would, there was no chance in the world. If you watch that highlight, he was going to pass. He was 100%. is like, I got the block. I'm taking the shot. And he hit it. Um, but I think we can start to, as we do with Carl, like Ant's played enough games now where we just that's got to be Ant every night. If there's one takeaway through 17 games, it's that this team does live and die by Anthony Edwards' effort. And when he is trying really hard, I don't and maybe I'm wrong, someone can tweet me but like I don't think when Ant's been going super Saiyan and trying really hard that this his teammates have been lacking. When mm-hmm. he's going 100%, his yeah, te- they need his it. Teammates go 100%, but when he is standing going 60% or loafing I mean he got beat on some backdoor cuts late last night again things that are his bugaboo it just brings them down so he was phenomenal um especially in that third quarter and he was a big reason they pulled it off so that's something I like one quick one because we talked about this with Jim Pete Rudy Gobert can't have zero field goal attempts whether whether however you feel about him on a variety of different things it's just Jim Pete said it himself like you got to keep him engaged a little bit right you got to feed him something so he's not I just I didn't love that he had zero field goal attempts yeah some of that's on his teammates some of that is on him he doesn't like his hands have not been the hands that he had in Utah Um, but yeah you can't have zero field goal attempts but he also I don't know if you saw I tweeted out he's shooting a career high from the free throw line He's like 70.6% and made the four huge free throws down the stretch to ice the game. They kind yeah. of fouled him on purpose to like, well, we'll throw him to the line. And he hit all four of them on a night that he didn't I mean. I think it was, what did I, it was the first time since 2014 that he hasn't had a field goal attempt in a regular season game. So yeah. yeah, that was, you know, don't love Rudy, not getting shots again. Don't love Carl, who I think might sneakily be playing some of his best basketball of his career. He's like almost leading the team in assists. He, it's just going to be embarrassing if until he stops falling out. You can't fall out, the best ability is availability. You got to be out there, especially in a game like that when your team needs you. So, those are just kind of hot, quick thoughts that I had. But, um, yeah, overall, Rudy at the free throw line was great, Ant's defense was great. Jordan McLaughlin, um, probably MVP of that game.
1: And now it's time as we wrap this episode of Flagrant Howls to take a look at the current Western Conference playoff picture. That's right, it's never too early to take a sneak peek at where the Timberwolves are in the playoff picture. Uh, The bad news is they're still 10th in the Western Conference. (laughs) Right, So they're clinging a game and a half up on Golden State to the final play-in spot. They would play the nine-seed Mavericks in a do-or-die game. The other two play-in teams right now would be Memphis and Portland. The good news is the Timberwolves are only two games out of the number one overall seed in the West, which is the Utah jazz still at 12 and seven. So if they keep rolling off some wins here, there's a chance they, I mean, they'd have to climb over nine teams, but so I'm not saying they're going to be the, the one seed necessarily, but, um, but they could, they could sneak up into like the four through six range. If they win four out of five or, or something comparable other teams ahead of them, that may be frauds. I don't think Utah is a total fraud. I don't think they're a number one seed right. contender The Sacramento Kings are the five seed right now. That's another team that's better than expected, but probably not going to be. Although they're averaging 121 points per game, dude. 121
0: points per game. They're on pace to break, like, the NBA's offensive (laughs) rating, like, record for by a mile. So, again, light the beam.
1: Insane. And then Portland, I don't
0: know. Portland's fine, but...
1: It Portland, all depends on how many yep.
0: games is Damien Lillard going to play. That's the Portland, question. Dallas is another sneaky one, too. Uh, yeah. They don't like – this is super in the weeds for Dallas fans, but they don't really have, like, assets to move, like, picks and stuff. So they're just kind of like, this is who they are. Um, but I think more than anything, you just said it, they're 10th in the West. I think they have the 15th best record in the league. So they are a mediocre basketball team right now. And we've said last year they're 8-9, and nine, now they're 9-8. and eight. 2003, 2004, they're 9-8. and eight. Um, But it's more so that the Western Conference on the bottom – like OKC, San Antonio Lakers season, have kind of solidified themselves again as like, we're just going to be bad, even though Shea Gilders, Alexander has been awesome. But you're starting to see again about a 10 team pecking order, which if you're worried about the pick stuff should make you feel a little better because it's not like this team is going to be the third worst record in the league. Yeah. Um, but again, if you go look at their schedule, they have a really fun game against the Pacers who have like a five game winning streak. But then it's the Hornets, the Warriors at home. The Warriors, I think, are winless on the road this season the Wizards, a Grizzlies team that's banged up without uh, Desmond Bain and maybe John Morant. So they have some more winnable games on the schedule coming up. Um, If you lose all those, we're going to be booing again and we're going to go back to the same convo we had last week, but it's kind of laid out in front of them now to to go make a little run here and kind of solidify yourself in that upper echelon in the West and then, you know, grind out the the tough months of December and January. So there is
1: your Western Conference playoff picture updates on Flagrant House. Your Timberwolves Lifestyle Podcast. So thank you for engaging in this therapy session here today. It turned into a very, I think, uh, philosophical and introspective discussion about Timberwolves past and present and maybe future. And uh, if you could click the subscribe button on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel and also give us a five-star rating and a positive review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about this Wolves community that you guys are all helping us grow and build here. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, sir. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to you. I think when are we going to do this again? Next week? We're probably going to yeah. We're, we it's it, it depends on what happens this weekend. If we decide uh, a couple drinks into our, you know, if we <laughs> want to do like an emergency episode or something, we have the liberty to do so. But if probably Rego see says, you next
0: week. If Rego Bear says sweet potatoes are overrated. We'll oh, just get on here and jumping for right out. Yeah,
1: and don't tell me that stuffing's overrated, Rudy. Because then
0: <laughs> might have to call for you to be traded uh, whenever you're eligible in a year. <laughs> so. Quick, quick question: What just since we might not recording until next week? Favorite Thanksgiving item: Stuffing. Stuffing. Stuffing That's yeah. mine too. Uh, in the bird or out the outside of the bird. Outside the bird. Just make it Same. separately. In a, Same. It can in be stove top even. I'm not. Whatever. I have low. Like the Timberwolves. I have low expectations. You don't have to do much. <laughs> a quick box of stove top. Boil it for 90 seconds. But uh, I'm with you. And then like sweet potato, like casserole. That's like my oh, number two. But Yeah. You put marshmallow on top of the sweet potato or no? Nope. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, green bean casserole is like the David Kahn of Thanksgiving.
1: I've seen some people do mac and cheese with like uh, breadcrumbs on top. I'm uh, I'm in for that.
0: I've had am... people like put it in a smoker. I don't have a smoker, but if any people out there listening like want to invite us over, I'm, I've never really tried like a big smoker smoking meats and stuff, but I would love that. It sounds yeah, like they're amazing. Yeah, our, so. our
1: neighbors do that. Did that last oh. year. It was fantastic. Great little friends giving action.
0: All right. Well, enjoy your, uh, your stuffing
1: and enjoy hopefully some Timberwolves victories. And we'll see you guys next time here on Flagrant House. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 2023. 23.
0: Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp Apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh
1: for everyone.